back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRER. I'm Bobby Howe, and who's with me today? Alex Gehring. Oh my gosh, Bobby. This is the first time in a long time that we've hosted at the same time. I know. Can you believe that? It's been a day, or seven, eight. Yeah, a 78. I don't don't know, it's a number. I pick 78 all the time. 78's like my go-to number when I like just need to say a random number. I'm always like, 78. (laughs) Well, I missed you. I missed you too. You're and so you're from home today. Why are you from home today? I mean, I'm not that anybody home. knows this, but I do. I'm from home today because Sarah and Charlie both came down with with COVID, um, and so I'm I'm testing negative, but completely failing at the whole isolation thing. It just isn't going to happen when your three year old is sick. It's not like you get away. Don't hug me. You know. That, I mean, you can say that. Work. I, I can't. It's weird. I tried. No, you can't. Like I'm saying, you literally can say the words, but none of us would say the words. That's my, that's my point. Good point, Bobby. But, but yeah, it's hard. I, cause deep down, it's, it's kind of like you almost wish, I almost wish I didn't test negative. Right. It's like, if I, if it would have been positive, then I wouldn't even think about it. But then I'm like, well, do, do I want to try to even think about maintaining uh, my negative status or do I just, you know, give in and, and accept it? So like I'm trying to, you know, Sarah's wearing a mask around me and I'm like, that seems dumb. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I appreciate that she is, but also I'm like, man, I, I don't, anyway, I'm talking too much about it, but no, 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 no. Gonna... But so are you, uh, so you said, wish I wouldn't have tested negative. Are you testing daily at your house? Or did you just test the one time and call it good? What, what's your testing strategy? Yeah. So I tested when, when Sarah tested positive, I, which by the way, she did at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> that she came in and she goes, I hate to wake you up, but I, I took a test and I'm positive and I'm thinking, Oh, oh <laughs> like, great. so anyway, I went, I, I knew I wasn't going to sleep the rest of the night. So I went downstairs and then I took a test and, and it came back negative. And then when Charlie got up the next morning, I tested her and she came back positive. So um, I'm thinking we've got plenty of rapids. Don't like yep. come raid my house or anything. Um, oh no, I do too. We just, I just got a stock of them. So yeah, I mean, you need them. It's that's the yeah. life we live right now. So I figure in, in five days we'll all retest. And, um, at that point, if they're negative and, and I'm negative, then we're going to call it good. Uh, yeah. but my, my bed is that they're negative. And then at that point I I'll test positive and I'll take another one down the road, but at least maybe they can be less isolated. Charlie is bored out of her mind. I mean, this kid has more energy than anybody I've ever seen. And you saw her just a second ago before we yeah. started recording. I mean, she is she's feeling very down about not seeing her friends. And right. um, so it's, it's a toughie. So is this everybody's first COVID experience? Yeah, nobody in our families, uh, somehow, it's not like I'm a recluse, and, and yet this is really the first time anybody has, uh, uh, has, has had it. Um, and Sarah really has been isolated for the most part, because it's yeah. not like you do anything with an infant, um, who also, by the way, probably has it. She's wheezy yeah. and slept through the night for the first time last night, thanks to COVID. So thank you, COVID. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a weird thing to to say. Uh, But anyway, that's, this is the first time somehow they ended up with it. And I didn't, even though I was gallivanting around Topeka, 
to be honest with you, mostly maskless around a lot of people that, you know, sort of think it's a hoax or something. So not, yeah. not our realtor members, but our legislators. So um, right. it's a interesting ordeal. Yeah. Sorry. So, Hey, you know what? Uh, it's family time. So we'll, it we'll is. Chalk, it up to, chalk it up to family time. It's like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting your first family's first time I've done with it three times now. So I feel like I'm the like expert now telling you how it's going to go, what's it going to be like. And, you know, I realized the other day that I had it in 1921 and 22, and I kind of feel sad. I didn't have it in 20. So I could just be like, once a year I get COVID and it's a thing. <laughs> 1921 and 22. I mean, wow. Yes. Cause I got at the very end of 19. That's the year that I ended up hospitalized with pneumonia on Halloween. Like I was I before it was here. And yet it all signs point to that's exactly what Bobby and the entire family had. And that time just knocked us. I mean, I was out for like eight weeks. I, as I remember I went to NAR towards the end of it because I was the chair of strat thinking and we had a new mission and vision statement that I was presenting to the board of directors. And so I needed to be there. And though they cleared me, I went and then I had a relapse and they actually almost put me back in the hospital when I got back. So it was like from the mid October to all like mid December that I was just dead. And then I came back to life. So now I'm a zombie. It's fine. No worries. True story. I, I had the same kind of thing going on. Um, around that time. So mm -hmm. I don't, I, I get it. That's something that happens to me almost every week though. Yeah. Um, you dead is, and in the hospital with pneumonia. Oh, without being dead and, and being in the hospital with pneumonia. But I, I do like, even this year, I ended up with a cough for like six weeks. It yep. was insane. And which you guys probably remember, cause I was I, <laughs> in the middle of podcasts. Um, and I kept on taking a test and it kept on being negative. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, whatever. It's all craziness. I'm kind of over it. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I know everybody is. I know that's a common sentiment and like the most lame thing to say now, but it's, it's true. Yeah. Jeez. It's true. Yeah. But I got it this last time from Florida and, but it was, I, I can't remember if I told this story or not. And so I feel bad So listeners. If you've heard this story, I apologize. Alex has not heard this story. So Alex is going to hear it. So maybe you forgot it. So why well, didn't did the dopey challenge down in Disney? Like I was like 15 days before it actually happened. I was like, Hey, I should go do the dopey race again, because that's one of the more intelligent ideas I've ever had in my entire life. Um, the 10 case day was I got done with the race and there was like a rash on my chest. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's like a heat rash or something like that. I get home late on a Monday night and it's like, uh, like starting to like be across my center line on my, my chest. And I'm like, you know what? I should probably just go to urgent care and get this checked out. Like why, why do I have this rash? I'm not in the heat anymore. It should be healing. So I go to urgent care and they diagnose me with impetigo or a staph infection and, I, and that night I'm talking to a friend and I'm telling her what's going on. And she's trying to like Google it and figure it out. She's coming up with nothing. And she goes, being a smart Alex, she goes, I wonder if it's COVID pox. Cause it looked like chicken pox. That's exactly, if you Googled it, it looked just like chicken pox, which I had as a child. I even texted my dad, dad, I had chicken pox, right? He's like, yes, you had chicken pox. So my friend, she's doing some research. She's like, she decides to Google COVID pox. There is research out there. It's only in the UK. It's not in the US. But there are three weird rashes that can be one of the first signs of Omicron. And 
So I'm like, really? So I call my doctor the next day. She calls some doctors and these local doctors are all saying, yes, there is this weird rash that's showing up with with this, with Omicron. She goes, come out, let's get you tested. They, they, she tests me. She goes to walk away. Cause I did it in my car and she goes, it'll be about six minutes. I'll be back. She didn't even make it to the door before she turned around. She's like, you're positive. And I was like, are you kidding me? It was called a viral exanthem. And essentially we are not sure if it's because I've been vaccinated or it's just was how it showed up, but a virus entered my body. My body started trying to fight off the infection and it showed up as what looks like chicken pox on pretty much my entire chest and torso area. It's actually still scarred to this day um, of how bad it was, but it, and I ended up having a minor cold. I would have never tested. I would have done anything had it not just been because I had chicken pox. Four days later, the test results come back. They were cold sores. I've never known a cold sore to not be anywhere other than your mouth. And Amber's giving me a look like, what? But yes, I had, ch- I had cold sores all over the entire center of my body. So, mm-hmm. hey, if you want to get COVID and you want to have a fun story, let Bobby get it. Because uh, all of my stories now have been fun. Because number two was when I got it between shot one and shot two. So um, I have good COVID stories. You know, instead of Bobby's book bit, what we should do is we should just like, I, I think this has been really good and really informative for our, our listeners. So I think what we should do is we should create a bit where we just pick a random page on WebMD and read it. What do you think, Amber? Mm-hmm. We should just read you that. Like Amber, mm-hmm. Amber's not sure about, about the You all just learned about a viral exanthem. I guarantee you, you did not know what a viral exanthem was before now. That's right. So, Look, we're, we're bringing the information to you all. Science. Uh, we're bringing science. science. We are bringing the science today. All right. Hey, who's our guest today? Our guest is Raya Barasa. Who is Ryan? What's she do? So Ryan is awesome. Uh, I think a lot of us are familiar with Ryan. Um, she uh, used to be in uh, the title business and home warranty, and now she's in mortgage. Um, so she has a, a variety of knowledge on our industry. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to talk to her. And I think we're going to talk about uh, networking. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, I think she's going to be a great guest to, to talk to about that since, like I say, most of us know Ryan. She's- yeah, most of us. And she's been in a bunch of our KCRIR videos. Like she's always a good sport to play along and play a funny role or do whatever. Now you're not going to see her because this is a podcast, but if you would, you'd be like, Hey, I know her. That's right. That's yep. the deep. It's awesome. So, Hey, guess what I got? Oh, do you have a book bit? Ah, you just referenced a book bit earlier. So of course I have a book bit. Wow. Is it, is it about science? Oh, I should have done a science book. If I'd known I was going to give you the viral exanthem lecture, I would have picked a science book. There was a book I looked at called Pandemic, and I was like, no, I don't really want to talk about that right now. <laughs> I should have. Do, 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 Bobby's book. Bit. Casey. All right. My book today is The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. And it is a, it's a classic book, and it combines scientific, see, I worked the science in, scientific and religious views to help you grow by confronting and solving your problems through discipline, love, and grace. And my quote from the book is, I actually really love this quote, until you value yourself, you won't value your time. Until you value your time, you will not do anything with it. 
And so there are, um, let's see, this book was actually published back in 1978, which also happens to be how old I am. So we're just going to go on with it. It's a, it's a very new book. It's very contemporary. Um, but my three lessons from the book is always be willing to update your view of the world. Most of our decisions to be dishonest uh, originate from irrational thinking. When we lie, whether it's conscious or it's not, we've often fallen prey to our cognitive biases. That's why uh, Peck talks about a dedication to truth and remain open to the fact that you could be wrong sometimes. Lesson number two, love is an action, not a feeling. We intently focus on the following falling in love aspect of a relationship that hurt that happens very early on. Our love might burn with a bright flame, but soon fizzle into sparks before extinguishing it altogether. And that's why we need to think of love as an action and not a feeling. Showing your love is simple as giving attention, listening, and helping your partner reach their goals. And then finally, the third uh, lesson is that religion is just a way of viewing the world, which means we all have one. Our perspective of life is mostly shaped by our education in school and at our home, as well as the environment we grew up with. So us continuing to explore and question the world around us allows us to constantly improve our opinions and view of the world, which is essentially what a religion is. And with that, that is Bobby's book book for today. And we are just in time to bring on Ryan. So let's go get her. Let's get Ryan. to Kansas City Real Talk. We have our guest, Ryan Barraza here. Welcome, Ryan. We're happy to have you on the podcast. Many of our listeners know you and have met you, but talk a little bit about your experience in the real estate industry and how you ever even got into real estate industry to begin with. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me on this show. And I'm super excited to be here and to get to talk about something I'm actually really passionate about. So I started in the real estate industry, I've been saying five years for a really long time. I think you get caught on like a number and then you just never, you know, I'm also 25 in my head still. So um, I think I've been in the industry for about six years now. I started in home warranty. Before that, I was in vehicle warranty. So that's kind of like a, it's a weird in hindsight, it's a weird transition because they couldn't be more different from each other. And recently, within the past six months, I moved into lending. So um, it's been a very exciting time for, for me um, as far as kind of changing careers, but being able to still stay within the industry. I love that. So what are you loving about being in lending right now? So um, as far as home warranty goes, you really have connection with your realtor, typically when you're acquiring the business and then when they're having a bad day or when their client's having a bad day, right? They don't call you because they're just like, God, it's sunny outside. I want to call Ryan. Um, and, and that's okay. I'm, I'm like down to be here for people on bad days. That's one of my like favorite things is to be of service to people. But what I found is the relationships just weren't as close as I really would have liked them to be. So you really have these um, very random touches with people. And I just wasn't being able to have those in-depth relationships with my clients that I really wanted. Um, 
Additionally, I started working for a home warranty company, the last company I worked for, that kind of changed the way that home warranty was working, where people were being able to choose their own vendors. I found that we had a lot less claims, and then I was needed a lot less. So I had even less contact with my clients, and I felt like a mom who was like, my kids don't need me anymore. And so I was like, okay, like this, it's time, right? It's time for me to move into a place where I can really help people. Um, and I have a, a background just in accounting and math, and this was a, a very natural fit for me. That's awesome. Well, I love that it's your connection to others and your drive to be of service and to build relationships that that's propelled you into different parts of the industry. Now, I have a question. Have you ever been a realtor? I have not. Okay. That's the one part that you haven't done yet. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get her there. So, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> that was actually, my, my husband's a realtor. Um, and that was sort of our like in-house debate for the last several months or before I took the job in, in lending. And, and I really think that I think being a realtor is wonderful. Um, I see how hard my husband works. It's insane. And not that I don't think lenders work like a ton too. Um, I just felt like maybe this was a better fit for me to kind of be a little bit more behind the scenes, helping people with numbers and then being able to assist, you know, um, the realtor in, and helping that. One of the things that I found I love the most is when someone comes to me and they do have, you know, credit issues. I actually just found out that my chase card is saying I was late last November. And I'm like, no, I was not. Like my credit karma is telling me that. But what I love is like being able to sit down with someone and be like, okay, where are we? Where are we and where we're trying to get to our dreams? And I think that that's such an important part for realtors, but I don't know that people also realize that your lender can really be there for that, that part of it as well. Sending you, if you need to up your credit score a little, if, if you're wanting to really look at um, saving that money for down payments. And, and so I like being in all those different parts of it with people. Well, one of the things that I know Bobby and I have, have seen value in is, is networking within our, our industry as well. Um, I mean, these people that, that we see at these realtor events are, um, are people that are going to be on the other side of deals. And if you can put a face to a name, I, I really feel like it makes a difference. And one of the things that, that Bobby and I were talking about before you came on is that we always see you at uh, our events. Uh, you're, you've been a, a passionate supporter of the realtor organization, uh, but also you seem to know most of the, of the players and the people that are there. Uh, so can you talk to us just a little bit about um, the professional connections that you've, that you've made and how maybe those shaped your career and maybe give us some tips on things that you, um, you like to think about while you're networking with people, uh, or if it just comes naturally, those are the things I'm curious about. Um, yes. So I, I do get a lot of people who are like, you are everywhere all the time. Like, how is that? Um, and of course COVID shifted that a little bit, but, um, this is maybe one of my biggest passions. And I think for me and my parents used to say, Ryan loves lamp. You could put me in a room with anybody and I would be best friends with them. Like by the time it was done. Um, I'm not saying that I'm an amazing networker. I actually, to be completely honest with you guys, I get a little bit of social anxiety, which I doubt people really know. Like you wouldn't necessarily look at someone and be like, oh, she's kind of anxious right now. Um, but what I've tried to do is reframe it in my brain. And I remember, 
um, one of my first events was actually um, at KCRER and they were moving in a new president. So there was like this little luncheon and I don't know how I got lucky. I mean, I was brand new. I don't know how I got lucky enough to be at this event, but Dan O'Neill saw me and he probably doesn't even remember this. Um, he saw me and I must've looked lost, right? Cause I came from, you know, a job where I was doing QuickBooks for a, a home home or a, sorry, a vehicle warranty company. And he came over and he just started introducing. I think right then it clicked. The more people know, the easier this gets to be. Cause mm -hmm. I was in a room where I knew exactly zero people. And um, I think you realize that it's a lot easier to just walk up to somebody and start trying to make conversation than when you overthink it, where you're like, what are we going to talk about? How am I going to do this? Are they not going to want to talk to me? And if you just go for it, I think that, um, you know, that you'll see that it's a lot easier than you thought. Now, when I'm in a room and I see somebody who might look like they're um, not out of place, but maybe a little unsure of how to move forward, I always beeline straight for that because I know what that is like. I have been that person. There are still times I feel like that person, um, you know, and I think that the key is to just not overthink it. Inevitably, you're going to have something in common with almost everyone. It's a matter of just finding that thing um, and, you know, and then moving through that with them, finding, finding what you're both passionate about. So Ryan, one of the things that you talked about was the social anxiety. And I like to tell people, like I, I recently said this and everybody was like, no, you're not. And I was like, yes, I am. I consider myself to be an extroverted introvert. Like Same. I can go out and I can work a room and I can see people and I get, I don't, I hate small talk. Like I would prefer to like go talk to Alex in a corner versus like these little bitty, tiny, small conversations, but I still can to do it enough. And then I got to go home and I, I hermit. So for those people that are out there, they're like, I just don't want to work a room. What are your tips and advice for just carrying on those conversations, knowing that we need to make them at some point? For sure. Um, and I actually, it's funny. I identify as an ambivert. I like found the name for it. And that is an extroverted introvert. Oh. Um, and so like, you know, how they say when you're an extrovert, you get your energy after being around people. When you're an introvert, you get your energy from being alone. Ambiverts do it both, which is great. But also that means that sometimes you need to be alone. Sometimes you need to be with people. Um, I am like one of those people where I will end up within five minutes, like getting into like a deep conversation with someone. And sometimes in these events that just doesn't work, right? You just, you know, it's difficult to do that. It's great when you can. I think just... Again, not overthinking it. I think people assume one, everybody else is extroverted and you're the only person who feels awkward in that room. We all think that it's not true. Like it's, there's no way. And honestly, Bobby, I never would have thought that like about you. So I would have assumed that you were like the biggest extrovert on earth. So it's like almost such, it's like so validating to, to continue to hear this about people, right? Because mm -hmm. you get this idea in your head that everybody else is so good at this and you're not, and it's not true. I mean, I think you just have to, you, like I said, you just have to go for it. Um, I found that being involved in these groups, KCRER has been a huge part of me building the connections that I have in this industry. And I wouldn't be where I am today without those connections. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that, you know, you need to choose people who you think 
um, have integrity, who you think are, are just good, solid people. You don't have to be friends with everybody. Um, you just need to kind of find your tribe. And I think working in a room, you know, um, I've been so lucky to have Kenna Arnold, you know, everybody knows Kenna. And I have to say that if you have a buddy in the industry on the days that you feel more introverted than extroverted, it is all good to have an extrovert on your arm because boy, does she drag me around sometimes. And I'm like, just let me go in the corner. And she's like dragging me through stuff and I do it for her, but not near as often. So um, find yourself an extrovert and also just don't overthink it. It's just everybody has a little bit of a little bit of that, I think, within them in these events. I don't I think there are probably few people who look forward and there maybe are to just going up to random strangers and talking to them. But once you start doing it, you'll find it's a lot easier than than you thought. Absolutely. Well, so making the connection at these events, that's that's one thing right? And, and networking is one thing, but maintaining the relationship after you've developed that network is, is something totally different. So can you talk to us a little bit about what your processes are for nurturing the relationships that you develop uh, when you first meet somebody? Absolutely. So the nurturing part is actually my favorite, right? Because that is where you really get um, for one, you get to shine. I was looking earlier a little bit before we got on this and it said 80% of sales require five follow-ups to get a sale. And I know that number varies a little by what you look up, but that's about average. And then 44% of people give up after one attempt. I mean, we're in a relationship building business, but also we are in a business where we're trying to make a living as well. So th those numbers do matter. You can't give up. You can't get hurt if somebody looks at, I mean, Alex looked at one of my Facebook messages like six months ago and never responded. And I wasn't hurt by it. I know he's busy and you just have to let it go. Like the I, funniest part is you sent me another one this morning and I saw that and I go, Oh no, that's hilarious. <laughs> And I think that like old me, like long, long time ago, me would have been like, oh, Alex doesn't like me. And I would have gotten like, you know, I would have gotten in my feelings about it, but we're all busy. We all mean well, when you've made connections with people who you know and like, you you have to give them grace, right? But, but doing the work is important. So I have a touch program. It's a 12 point touch program. Um, you know, do I do it perfectly every week? Do I always make the touches I need to make? No. Do I find that, you know, just trying to hit the numbers that I want to hit makes a difference rather than if I miss a week being like, well, that is a loss. I'm just going to quit this, quit my job, move, you know, move out of states. I don't know. You just have to keep going for it. Um, and I really think that if you value building those relationships, that time can be really beautiful. Um, I'm a huge handwritten note person. I think it's a lost art. Um, I, I just think that it is one of the most personal things. I die when I get a handwritten note in the mail. I just think it's the sweetest thing. Um, so I really try and do that for people as well. And part of that's because I like it, you know, so maybe somebody else doesn't, but I think when you do things that you think are fun, I like Popeye's. So I like stalking people and finding out what they kind of like and maybe dropping off their favorite candy bar or little things like that. I think that building that relationship can really be um, some of the most fun part of your job if you look at it that way. So Ryan, handwritten notes are one of my very favorite things too. I always call them a smile in your mailbox because when you Aww. open your mailbox, you're going to smile when you see it. It's just, it's just one of those things. So 
What are some ways that you found work really well for you as far as getting out and networking and building relationships, but not necessarily doing it in person? Are there ways that you're building relationships online and what really works for you? That's a great question, especially with, um, you know, what's been going on right in our world right. for the last couple of years. Um, and many of you do know this because I'm not particularly private about it. I try and be open so I can help someone. Um, I do have several autoimmune diseases and I'm on an immunosuppressant that makes me high risk for picking things up. So it really has been, um, you know, a learning curve for me even to do this in a different way, going about it a different way. Social media is huge, um, you know, obviously, but I think that we all have like that one that one thing that we go to, right? Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. I really think you have to broaden your horizons. There are some, um, I tried to broaden my horizons to TikTok. I found that I just made a bunch of videos about my dog. So if you want to go see them, it's under Rye Ray Janelle. It is not business related. I did not get successful with that at all. Um, but I think you just really have to find like your means for that. And then also follow up. So a few years ago, my my New Year's resolution was when I thought something nice about somebody, I told them. Because I think sometimes you'll see somebody and you'll be like, oh my gosh, those shoes are cute. But there is this little part of you that is too anxious to tell them that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was my one of my New Year's resolutions. Now that we're not in person, I've tried to apply that, um, you know, over social media as well. So if I see something, you know, I will reach out to somebody and sometimes that starts a conversation. All you have to say is, oh my God, where did you get that dress? Or what, you know, like I'm going to need more pictures of your puppy or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I think those conversation starters actually are easier via social media even than being in those events where we're all shoved into one room and given some libations and told to be friends, um, <laughs> which is fun too. But I think as long as you understand that not everybody's going to respond to your Facebook message or your Instagram message and don't take it personally, it's actually really fun to just go through and I'll go through and do 10 a day where I will just find 10 people that I just want to be like, comment or message and just try and add a little bit of positivity into their day. It makes me feel good. It's good for my job, you know, and it's good for, you know, the other person too. Absolutely. Love that. Well, Ryan, this has been a really, really good, great conversation. And I feel like you hit on some really important things, which is that to me, the biggest thing is that we all feel a little bit of anxiety when, when we're talking to people for the first time, or even when there are people that we've known forever, sometimes we're just not feeling completely up to it. I know that for me, I come out of those situations feeling a lot better once I have talked to those people though. And it's, it, so I feel like, I don't know. Oh my gosh, yes. And it feels so good to know that, that we all experience a little bit of that. And so I'm glad you said that. Bobby always has a really important last question. And I think that we've kind of approached our last question time. So Bobby, what's, what's the last question that we always ask? The last question we always ask is Ryan, what else, what else haven't we talked about? What else should we have asked you? What do we don't even know that we don't know? That's what awesome. do we don't even know that we don't know? Listen, I don't need grammar <laughs> corrections right now. You guys definitely need to hashtag that. Um, I think that one of the things, if I could just give advice wildly out over our entire industry is to just be you. 
And that sounds like such simple advice. And, um, it, and it's not though, right? Because we all, and we're kind of in an industry where we're in a people-pleasing industry. But if you find genuine connections with people that, that you like and who support you and that you can support, it's going to be so much easier to continue that because they're going to introduce you to people who are going to introduce you to people. And then you just start building on this massive, you know, this massive amount of friends. I feel like I have like so many friends and I love that. Um, and so I think just, it sounds stupid, but just be you. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody likes me. Someone already turned this off. They heard it was me and they turned this off and that's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. You have to learn to be okay with that though. Um, so I guess that would be my, my big, the only thing that I hadn't said yet is there is something very lovable about every single person you, there are people out there who would just die to be your friend. Please don't forget that. I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ryan. We really appreciate it. This has been thank you guys. fun for me. So I hope it's been fun for you. So, it has. Um, and it's been, I know our listeners can't see this, but it's been nice to see your lovely face because it's been a while since I've seen it. So likewise, likewise, take care. Right. Okay, bye.